All right, guys, it's about that time. Chris Brooks here with you on another edition of the 247 Podcast. Part of the 247 Sports Network and Inside the Rebels. Happy Thursday morning to you here about 8 o'clock at the Brooks House. As we get ready to start our day here, I have a busy day. A lot of high school baseball in my future today. Northwest not playing, but that starts tomorrow. If you're in this area, I know y'all are, some of you are about tired of that, but look, that's just, that's just life for me right now. And as long as I do podcasts or radio or anything like that, I mean, you just, you're going to get what's going on in my life as well as what's going on in Ole Miss. So Friday night and Saturday night, Northwest Rankin will play DeSoto Central, Nick Monastere. Look, if you're a baseball fan in this area, um, Friday night, Nick Monastere will go up against, I think it's Bradley Lofton. I, I always forget first names. Um, a left-handed stud from DeSoto Central. Who, DeSoto Central is the program in Mississippi if you had to single one out. There's several there, but it's they're big. And uh, he's headed to state. Nick's headed to Southern. Both those guys are probably going to throw low 90s, top around 94. And then for the Saturday game, similar matchup. You'll get my son, Connor Brooks, and you'll get um, – I always forget his Tapper's first name. I don't know how. I want to call him Blake. I want to call him Brock. I don't I don't know why I keep doing that. But anyway, another big-time talented lefty, low 90s again, and uh, he's headed to Mississippi State also. Connor, low 90s is going to uh, be headed to Jones unless, you know, something else pops up with um, schools that are calling him, and we'll see what happens there. But that's that's my week, a lot of high school baseball. And uh, as I'm doing that, I'm watching what's going on in the land of Ole Miss, and I'm going to be honest with you. It is slowing down. It's slowing down to this point, slowing down to the point of I am preparing stuff for the summer for the podcast. I mean, we'll do the thing where we start breaking down position groups and uh, I have to be a little more scheduled in what I'm doing for recruiting. And then other than that, you know, things just pop up. And when they pop up, we'll address them. Today is one such day because there's a couple of things that popped up. And I, I would like to spend a little bit of time breaking it down. For one, the two crystal balls from Steve Wiltfong last night. And then a third note from him that is... um that has significant potential impact for, for the Ole Miss football program and who will be quarterback, you know, in the future. I'd like to get into that here in just a minute. Steve Wiltfong is as connected as anybody. If you'll remember Dante Dowdell, I assumed he was going to Ole Miss or I, not assume that's the wrong way to say it. I, I, I felt like he was going there without you know, knowing for, for a fact, Steve obviously knew. And, you know, sometimes you can't share that kind of information. But he's very connected, and sources and coaches you know, around the country, um, they're comfortable giving him that info. And uh, he had that anyway. Long story short, he's crystal balled two guys to Ole Miss, and we'll dive into those here in just a minute. They're both big. But before I get to that, I want to bring up this. I want to pull out the old decoder ring here. If you ever see the Christmas story, the, the little orphan Annie decoder ring thing, and uh, this article that came out with Lane Kiffin and uh, and Ross Dellinger, you should be familiar with Ross. He was here in Mississippi for the, for the longest time, and is is a great writer. Now writes for Sports Illustrated, 
And uh, he put together a candid Q&A with Lane Kiffin, and it's just called exactly that, a candid Lane Kiffin on NIL recruiting and boosters were a professional sport. And uh, the byline, the Mississippi coach opens up on a changed game, why he doesn't blame recruits who opt for the most money and college football's looming problems. There's a few things in here that if if you're more familiar with, you know, behind the scenes, things that are going on, and I'm for some reason, I'm still careful to say things because I don't want to get people in trouble. You know, it'd be my luck that that my fear has always been that I'll share something on a podcast or on a radio or something, and it'll come back to bite somebody in the butt because, you know, it's something that they shouldn't have been doing. And uh, I'm always a little fearful of that, a little bit. But Kiffin makes this so easy for me because the guy is so upfront. And it's not just that he's upfront. If you're f- more familiar with things behind the scenes, then you can, he doesn't make you read between the lines a lot, but you can see there's much more to what he's saying than he just flat out says. But he goes in depth here with Ross Dellinger about, you know, what's happening in the world of college football and, um, and with the NIL stuff. There's a couple of things here. Like first, he says we're a professional sport. He says, and they are professional players. And um, look, I don't know how anybody would would argue that at this point. And he, he his first quote here, I said from the beginning, players should get paid. They do the work. Why that should be limited to a scholarship check, I disagree with. And they shouldn't be paid all equal. It's not what happens in the real world. Why does their best player get paid the same as as their worst player? All of these things are common sense. All of those things, they should be common sense. You know, we keep, you hear these ideas floated out there that don't make any sense because people are trying to figure this out and they're just grasping at straws because the ideas occasionally are so absurd. The idea you're going to pay everybody a flat fee or that just one single scholarship across the board, it's, it's, it's just not the world we're living in. None of you would work under those circumstances. But he goes on to say this, these collectives, you basically made what was cheating before legal, had no rules behind it. You've created something that was going to have a ton of issues to think these things weren't going to go this direction. Once you allow boosters to do whatever they wanted, he references several times here that we're just taking you know, old money and the old cheating and the old way of signing players. And now we're making it legal. I don't understand why some coaches are still fighting this other than I do believe some of your old guard guys are trying to defend their legacies. Look, the schools at the top have been paying their players more than anybody than for the last several decades. You know, I kind of laugh at, I don't want to single people out because if I single out media guys, you'd know the coaches I'm going to single out. And uh, that's not fair, but like there's some big local, not local, He's national, but has always been a Southeast radio guy. And I don't know why it feels like he totes water. Look, I don't care how big you win. It doesn't matter what level of winning you've been at the last 10, 15 years. Players aren't going there unless their packages financially are bigger than the alternatives out there. And that's why those coaches have won more than anybody out there and have are in the argument for greatest coaches in history their booster recruiting machine has been better than everybody else's. And then when these other schools pop up and challenge them and then beat them, those recruiting machines pass them. I mean, this is not complicated. It's not rocket science. If you know how recruiting goes in this state, when 
teams come in here to take Mississippi players and you know, try and pull them out of state, you know exactly what that means, what you're up against. You know, I, I, Colin Cow, even Colin Cowherd get close to this. Threw out something, this was last week, that everybody knows Southeastern defensive linemen go for 100,000, have been doing it for years. I mean, yeah, he, he's in the ballpark. Now, a lot of times he says things that are, that are just, they're asinine because he doesn't know the whole story. And the only reason you get those stories is if you know a booster or if you know people in the middle or you know some parents that want to talk about it or, you know, college or high school coaches that want to talk about it. And I've done this long enough to know some of those people. Those people are getting really close to, you know, how, how college football has been run for a long time now. Now it's just being, it's being legal. And these few coaches are still pushing against it. I don't understand the thought there, but whatever. But look, Lane goes into detail of the issues. When boosters are buying the players just out front, well, then now they feel like they're more of an owner than they were before. Some There was some of this behind closed doors before, but now it's it's so out in the open. Yeah, you're going to have deals where huge money's being paid out to players, and do you have to play them? If if a, if a kid's getting a million dollars and every, nobody else is even approaching that, they're getting 100 or less, do you have to play the kid now? Um, he segmented the the college football landscape into your super elites, your eight to ten schools at the top. Yep, that's the way this has been. And really, there's four or five of those that have just they've they've paid so much money on the last decade, fifteen years. I mean, it's just it bought a bunch of wins, and this won't be any different. But it does change the landscape at the top because there's a couple of schools that will move to the tippy top that weren't up there, who their money for whatever reason wasn't willing to go all in until they made this stuff legal like they have now. And now some schools are being passed, and, yeah, that's why some coaches are pushing back against it because they're kind of that reign of power. You're, they're losing it. So there's some nervous anxiety there. It's what's going on. If you kind of read between the lines here on the, the comments you see publicly. But, yeah, there's going to be some change there. And then your next group is going to be that Ole Miss group. You're 10 to 25s that they're, they're in. They have collectives that are getting it done, but just not to the crazy level at the very top. They're going to win a lot of games. And if they're run correctly, and you know, like Moneyball, think, think along those lines. And they're signing good players and they can they're able to keep the locker room together. And you know, they're they're getting quarterback play, more importantly. Those schools are going to continue to win and occasionally they'll jump up there. And then after that, the schools that aren't competitive, they're just they're never going to get up there. But he's absolutely correct. That article is fascinating. But you can read through that. I don't everything that he was saying, and I've heard some of behind closed doors, you know, what Lane thinks of this or what Lane Kiffin thinks of that. And some of this stuff I've heard already, you know, from other sources, but to see him put it in public like this and to be so candid, I wish more coaches did this because if more coaches will do this, we can hurry up and move through this awkward phase that we're in where it feels like it's kind of crazy. It is where I've heard wild, wild West thrown out a lot. It's no wilder than it's been. The money's bigger, but it's been, it's been crazy for a long time now. It's just some, some programs have always been there and you don't hear a lot about it. Now you do. Um, but the more people that at least will be honest and out front about this, which Kiffin, let's be honest, he doesn't have anything to lose. There's not a legacy there. 
He's still a relative new guy in this in terms of what he's trying to do for his career. He can be more a loose cannon. If some of these other coaches that are more established have won championships already, if they would just be forthright and honest to come out, maybe we can start pushing this stuff ahead. And at some point, yeah, I do think we'll get some legislation that that somehow from the very top makes all this possible because I'm not even sure legislation or laws exist right now to make it make more sense. But in the meantime, we're going to get what we get. But yeah, that's a fascinating article if you take time to read that from Lane Kiffin. And uh, and very happy Ross was able to put that together with Sports Illustrated, Ross Dellinger. Now, the second thing here, real quick, there's not a ton going on. It's not even a ton of National Calendar Day stuff. It's National Blueberry Cheesecake Day, so knock yourself out with that. I'm not a cheesecake guy. Paper Airplane Day. Feels like we're, that's out of our wheelhouse for the paper airplane thing. Get your kids to do it, but um, I'm going to guess that not many people listening to, to this podcast will be indulging in that. But a couple of crystal balls that came out last night from Steve Wiltfong. I get on the internet last night. I'm checking Twitter to end the day to make sure we haven't missed anything. And then I see these couple of crystal balls that have come out from Steve Wiltfong. And the two that he went ahead and marked for Ole Miss, Daniel Demery and Marvin Burks. Now, look, I don't know anything about these guys in NIL. But back to the discussion we were having. These aren't the cream of the crop top 50 players in the country. These aren't five-star guys. But right now, their ranking is similar. Two safeties, one's 278 nationally, one's 320 nationally. Two of the top 25 safeties in the country. Daniel Demery from Texas, Marvin Burks from Missouri. Um, You get enough of these players, both four-stars, on your football roster, you can build winning football teams that will play with anybody. And those would be two huge pickups if Lane Kiffin can pull those in the boat. So you keep your eyes on both of those. Um, there's obviously there's some connections there. I want to say, man, I don't, I'm not even sure where I got this. I had a friend send it to me, some who is a source, but I'm not hundred percent sure where he got it. I want to say that Daniel Demery has some close connections to a coach or something. I don't, I don't know exactly what it is, but he's connected. And then Burks, whenever I see, um, St. Louis, the Missouri area, for whatever reason, I almost always go to Chris Partridge for that area, for New Jersey, for Northeast. feels like he's everywhere. If it's not here, it's not in Texas. It feels like he's everywhere else. But uh, those will be two huge pickups. Now, look, the third name that's interesting isn't the exact player, but at the end of this Steve Wiltfong story, he says, I also like where Ole Miss stands for 2022 Juco safety, Roman Rashada. Now, you should know that that is significant for several reasons. His brother's Jaden Rashada, five-star quarterback out of California. I know everybody's waiting for, you know, Arch Manning and everything that's going to happen there. I don't want to get into that. Forget about that for a second. This is a 2023 quarterback. Fits the mold of what they're trying to do perfectly. 6'4", 185 pounds, big-time arm. I take that news to also be good news on the Jaden Rashada front. And if they're able to pull in that guy, which there are rumors out there, they're in really good, in good shape here. Um, he's going to make an announcement. I think it's middle of June is his plan. As long as it doesn't change, that would obviously be big. Look, you build 
teams that are solid. You don't have to be the cream of the crop like Kiffin goes on in the, the Ross Dellinger article. You do the money ball thing. You build a roster of good football players, and then you get a quarterback. And you get quarterback play. They have a coach that can coach it. You get quarterback play, you're going to win a lot of football games. That's the direction it's headed. But that's good news from Steve Wilfong. You guys have a great day. Enjoy the SEC tournament, even though Ole Miss isn't in it. It's all right. We'll see what happens with the NCAA regional selection. Have a great day. Always appreciate you guys. And y'all have a great Thursday. And we'll talk to you tomorrow.